Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Tyler Hymanson. And we are joined today by a very special guest, Jonathan Melville, author. Hey. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I ju- sorry, I jumped in a bit too quick. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's no, perfect. No. It's perfect. We're excited to talk about what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've got uh, Jonathan Melville on here today to talk with us about Tremors. He is the author of the book, Seeking Perfection, The Unofficial Guide to Tremors. So we have a real-life expert here today. A real-life grabboid expert who's going to tell us how to be safe when our Nevada travels. <laughs> That's and, right. And how to yep. get around and make it back to perfection safely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the plan. Well, well, thanks for being here with us, Jonathan. Well, absolute pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I love talking about tremors, so any excuses uh, is welcome. <laughs> Uh, can you tell us first a little bit about your background and how you decided to write this book? Yeah, well, I am based, uh, you can maybe tell by the accent, I'm based in the UK and Scotland. Okay. And uh, I write about films. I've done a bit of film journalism over the last 10 years or so here in here in Edinburgh. And, uh, and I love films. I love TV shows. And uh, I was kind of looking after writing lots of, uh, well, various magazine articles and um, newspaper reviews and things. I was looking to to write a book. I wanted to write a book. And I thought, you know, everything seems to have been covered. Every film franchise seems to have been covered apart from Tremors. (laughs) And and I thought, how can I, you know, let's combine those two things. My, um, My desire to write a book and love of Tremors. So that's kind of how it came together. So I started writing it. Uh, I actually, it started off as an article for a magazine here in the UK called SFX mm-hmm. in 2011, which I think was the 21st anniversary of, this, of the film, uh, original film. Mm-hmm. And for that, I interviewed Michael Gross, uh, the, obviously Bart Gummer, and S.S. Wilson, who's one of the, the writers of the, the, the franchise. And, um, and anyway, I had lots of stuff left over, so I thought that could be expanded into a book. So, um, and then I managed to speak to another 50 or so people involved in the films and the wow. TV series and uh, managed to get Mr. Bacon. It took me two years to get him, but I managed <laughs> nice. to speak to him. And he was lovely. He was really, really happy to speak about the film and why he wasn't involved in the sequels. And then he actually came to Edinburgh a couple of years ago and I got to to meet him in person and and uh, had a very brief chat to him but yeah so it's been it was uh, it's been a fun few years been involved with tremors and uh, and yeah it's a, it's just a great film and a great franchise and and a great tv series as well i think okay yeah absolutely uh so i noticed your social media picture is kevin bacon holding the book so is that when you were able to get the photo with him yeah yeah i had had to get a photo taken of him holding the book and i'd actually sent him a copy of the book to his agent when it came out and um and i handed him another one here here when he when i met him and he said hey i've already got one of these but hey i'll take two so (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome uh I had a quick question. I, I'm curious what, like, uh, when was your first interaction with uh, the Tremors series? Like, when did you, when did you first see the movie? What brought you, like, brought your love of this franchise? Like, what about it made you want to do this deep dive into it? Yeah, well, I write in in the book. Uh, I first saw Tremors on BBC One. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was around about 1994. 
94-ish, 93-94. And um, I just remember it was a late night screening, probably at maybe 10 o'clock or something. And, um, and I just fell in love with it then. I just... I was maybe a bit too young to see it at the, the cinema <laughs> or it just completely bypassed me. I think in 1990, I would have been 14. And um, so I, maybe I could have seen it. But anyway, it completely bypassed me there. And so, yeah, saw it on the, on the TV. And just I, I just loved the, the whole, the small town, this idea of a small town, uh-huh. the characters, these great characters. Because everybody in it, okay, apart from Kevin and and Fred, everyone's kind of a character actor, mm-hmm. and I just think they all they all interact really well. They're, they're the kind of guys that in most films are the are the ones that are uh, in the background. A lot of these uh, these actors are the ones that maybe get a scene here and a scene there. Whereas in this film, they're all brought to the front and they have they have to save the day. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that. And then just over the years, you know, the new the sequels would would appear, and I just wasn't because no internet. Uh, at that time i just who knew they were coming and you would just go to the video store i think for chambers 2 i was in canada visiting uh-huh. relatives and uh, we went to the blockbuster and tremors 2 was there so we hired that and had a great night and then tremors 3 appeared a few years later so it was always a treat when a new tremors <laughs> film appeared and, uh, and a surprise as well and, and that's kind of gone i guess these days and in many ways that's a good thing it's gone these days with the internet because you know years in advance when something's coming out but um but no, I just I just kind of have this. It's just again that small town and the idea of being able to to go back and revisit these characters once every few years and see what what's happening to them. And there is something romantic that I do miss. Like I agree, like with the internet and knowing things beforehand is great. But there's something that I, I that there's a nostalgia that I feel for like prospecting at the blockbuster for like you're going through <laughs> just fi- trying to find these nuggets of gold of of these movies that you love because you're just going by the covers. Like there's still covers that I remember from blockbuster. Like Dead Alive is one. Yeah, that's just like oh, I yeah. pass that every time in the in the horror section. And what an amazing feeling to be like, oh my god, there's a sequel to this, this movie, movie I love. Yeah. Like I didn't know this. What? I'm actually. Yeah. <laughs> curious about about for you so i i a little bit of background about me this is uh tyler speaking by the way i grew up in nevada so my backyard kind of yeah. looked like perfection uh <laughs> and and so from from coming across the, the pond there like how does their americana factor like that desert landscape like is there something that's more alluring to that or makes it seem more alien or, or because these characters are just so strong they're just instantly recognizable no matter where they are i think i don't know there's the when i first discovered tremors i was actually living in the highlands of scotland i was mm-hmm. so a, a longish story but i was born in edinburgh which is the capital of uh, of scotland but when i was 10 we moved to the highlands so the highlands are quite as you can maybe imagine remote and um we lived in a village and okay there were a few thousand people but mm-hmm. it was still a, you know a small a small kind of place so i think there's maybe something in that whole small town thing um that appealed to me and um but but of course yes it was quite Maybe not. Maybe exotic's not the word, but just I guess kind of alien. You said alien uh-huh. there, that that whole even that landscape, but just that whole different way of life. But um, but uh, but no, I just again it was just mainly those characters and that and that small town feel to it that really appealed. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know you took a while to interview Kevin Bacon, and you said you started with Michael Gross. But were there any other interviews that really stood out to you as funny or exciting, or something that you didn't expect? Or what were some of your favorites? Oh, I think oh, I managed to speak to uh, Tony Gennaro, who plays Miguel in Tremors One and Three, and um, and that was that was kind of an interesting one because he just wasn't expecting this phone call. I think it was his agent <laughs> had ma- had maybe passed me his number. And he just sort of said in an email, just just call him up, 
whenever <laughs> at home. So I called him up. Thanks, he was agent. A, yeah, he was, he was just he was making a cup of coffee in his kitchen, <laughs> and uh, suddenly there's someone here talking about tremors, which he'd not made. You know, he'd obviously made. I think I spoke to him in maybe twenty thirteen or fourteen, uh-huh. and and tremors was was what uh, nineteen ninety, and tremors three was um, another six or seven or eight years after that mm-hmm. so he'd never spoken about tremors in fact tremors or tremors three nobody had ever interviewed him about them which <laughs> I, I found amazing so he was just a really lovely guy and um I, he was really funny and just talked about um he actually mentioned the tv series because I, I brought that up and he said if he'd known that he was going to be killed off in tremors so this is a spoiler it's all right there's a bit of a spoiler but uh he he said if he'd known he was going to be killed off in tremors 3 he would never you know and then there was going to be a a, if he'd known there was going to be a tv series he would never have agreed to be killed off (laughs) because he wanted to come back for for the tv show um and then sadly he died not that long after so i'm just so glad i got to speak to him um and another one it's this is a little bit it's not morbid exactly but i think the ones that really stand out are the ones are the people that just aren't around anymore and who i just managed to to catch before they sadly passed away one of them was marcia strassman who is in the tv series and plays nancy Mm -hmm. and of course to you and and to uk audiences but i think to maybe us audiences of a certain age marcia was was recognizable for comedies and welcome back cotter and i think she was a mash for some episodes and and she was kind of a well-known face and um, by the point i spoke to her again maybe 2012 ish 2013 her career had kind of plateaued a little bit and um she was not complaining but she was talking about how at the age she was at, she, the roles just weren't coming to her any great roles, and she was doing sort of TV movies, movies off the week, and just found it really depressing that that was where she had to, what she had to do now, and that was where she was making money, and and she, I think she'd had cancer at that point, but it kind of obviously must have just come back um, not long after. I spoke to her, so I was really glad I got to speak to her, and she she actually said to me at the end, you know, call anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Call me back if you want to have a chat, and yeah. and I and I didn't, and I, I wish I had done because she was just so lovely, and and she'd also worked with James Garner. I'm a big fan of the Rockford Files, mm-hmm. and she'd been on the Rockford Files and was a big pal of of James Garner and and uh, John Belushi, and uh, and just talked about how she and John Belushi went round to James Garner's house to to fit. Um, Oh, what was it? Not not Sega. What was before that? One of the early computers, and Garner had phoned up and said can you come and fix this? Can you install this uh, computer? <laughs> at the time. And he was like, Rockford, James Rockford once has to go around to his house. And so she had these, just these great stories. So that's amazing. So, so people like that. Uh, and I was also very lucky to speak to Jim Jacks, who was an executive at universal mm-hmm. in the nineties. And he helped kickstart the career of Kevin Smith and the Cohen brothers, I think as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and he he was very kind. He took sort of twenty minutes out of his time to speak to me, out of his day, sorry, to speak to me, and um, just told me some really interesting things about behind the scenes at Universal Studios and and how movie making worked in the nineties. And again, he died soon after. So sorry to, to focus on those guys. <laughs> no, no, <it> makes sense. <laughs> ones no one else is going to speak to as well. So you you know you never you'll never hear. It. So I'm so glad that I spoke to them and. Um, and it's kind of just nice to record people's memories and and stories, uh, so they're there forever now. So that's um, even though it is just a, a, a 
kooky, um, crazy sci-fi comedy western romance um there's still some interesting stories there i think to that that hopefully people enjoy reading about yeah yeah it's fascinating how much this it's such a weird little string of movies that that ties so many people together in in ways that that are surprising i i I, number one obsessed with the rockford files i love the rockford files (laughs) and so i love that story and and for marcia uh i mean i remembered her from uh honey i shrunk the kids and Mm -hmm. then i blew up the kids being the mom um and then yeah all all of that that's that's just a really lovely story and i was excited to see her pop up in the tv show for sure yeah and of course, a lot of that that story about James about James Garner that wasn't anything that could go in the book because it made sure. no sense yeah. to put it in there. <laughs> uh, but you know, I've got those little comments somewhere, and if they ever, you know, it'd be nice to publish them. She's also a big fan of I'm a big fan of Doctor Who, uh-huh. the TV show, and she was a big fan of that as well. And British TV, and um, she was a big fan of Peter Capaldi, who was playing the Doctor. Yes. So it was crazy. It was weird just getting having this interaction with this um, this lady. So. Um. Yeah, I hope she's remembered for more than just Tremors a series, but yeah, uh, uh, sure. she, she, she was good in it. She was really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so your book leaves off right around the, like just before Tremors 5 Bloodlines comes out and you kind of preview it a little or talk about how Stampede's not working on it and, you know, speculate a little about what's coming. But your book came out before that movie ever was shown. Mm. So um, have you continued to follow the Tremors uh, franchise since then? And what do you uh, think about some of these newer movies or have you ever considered, you know, doing a, an addendum to your book or anything <laughs> like that? <laughs> yeah, well, um, the, the, the Tremors, I think one of the things from, from doing the book, I got really close to the guys who at Stampede. So sure. Steve Wilson and Brent Maddock and Nancy Roberts. Mm-hmm. And um, of course they were the, the guys that originated the, the franchise and, if without them, it just you know we wouldn't have what we have. So it was really I don't know when I was when I was researching and speaking to these guys for a long time there was no sign of Tremors Five. It was the franchise was dead when I was when I was researching it. Mm-hmm. I finished with Tremors Four and Tremors the series. So everybody was very candid and very open about what had happened, and um, I, it was very interesting speaking to Michael Gross as well because he had said. He and I was asking, you know, what what would happen if Tremors Five was was to happen? And he said, well, I wouldn't do it without the guys from Stampede because they understand the the fran- they understand how it works, and without them, it wouldn't really be Tremors. And the guys at Stampede were saying, yeah, we wouldn't do it without Michael Gross because without him, you don't really have a a franchise. So it was quite interesting that when Tremors Five came along, um. Stampede put out the, the Stampede put out the um, statement that's in the book about how they had, I think they had gone, they had said to Universal, we would we would love to work on this on Tremors Five. No, in fact, I think Universal said to them, we we we're going to do Tremors Five. You can be involved, but you can't have any creative input at all. We'll use your old script which you wrote for us ten years ago, and we'll just update it and put some mobile phones in it and things like that and internet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they said, well, we're not really willing to be part of this without having any cre- uh, creative control because we created the franchise and we, we know how it works. So it was just kind of sad then to see how Michael did go on to do yeah. Chambers 5 and, Chem- and, and, and Stampede were, were nudged out of the way. And I said in the book, there was some, I said something about it'll be interesting to see if Tremors 5 
is a Tremors movie or a movie called Tremors? You know, is it just another film that has Tremors written on the box? And I sort of think, without wanting to offend people involved in it, I think Tremors 5 and 6 do feel a bit more like films called Tremors. It feels to me like there's a a definite... It's a definite, definite um, change in tone between mm. Tremors four and Tremors five and six, and um, Burt Gummer just doesn't feel like the same character to me. He's he looks the same, but he's very angry. He's a very angry character in Tremors six, yeah. and it's difficult to see. It's just it's painful actually to watch that, and you think what what's happened to him? How come he's suddenly become so nasty and so bitter? Yeah, yeah. He's like bitter. grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bitter at the world, and there was a trailer I saw the other day for some Universal Facebook page, and they did something with uh, Burt Gummer talking about climate change, <laughs> talking about I think he's tying into Tremors Six with the whole, uh, you know, the the, the ice yeah. melt, <laughs> and, and he the just no snow ice melt, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just the la- again the language in this trailer, which is, and I'm not approved in any way, and I and I think the Tremors films. They have a, a, a sort of a, a share of bad language, but they're aimed at a family audience, which is another interesting thing for a monster right. franchise aimed at kind of that family demographic. But now the swearing is off the chart in, the, in this mm-hmm. trailer, which is on Facebook as well, which kids can be watching. And, mm-hmm. and I just think that's, oh, is that really Burt Gummer? Is that where we are now? So I admittedly just haven't. I find it difficult to get much enthusiasm for the new films and, and the idea of writing about them, I just don't think I could really. Um, and I know as well that the guys at Stampede, certainly one or two of them have just backed away now from it all and, and just feel quite sad that they've their legacy has been tainted a bit, I think. And, and I think if I was doing the book now, I wouldn't get most of the the interviews that I got back then sure. because people just view it differently and they it's like... It's not our thing anymore. So yeah. there's kind of a, a bit. It's a bit sad, really. <laughs> no yeah. way. Sorry to bring the tone down a bit, but no, um, I, I completely agree. You know? I think that there's something with like with Tremors two and Tremors three, and and all all of the sequels leading up to to the Netflix ones. They're they're made in earnest. They're actual continuations of the story. They're people trying to that care about these characters, or trying to evolve these characters, trying to grow this world. And I think that that adding, you know five and six with it kind of takes away the veracity of of the former sequels because they're not made in earnest but she's like oh yeah there's like six of them and i understand that's mm. the premise of our podcast <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that they just they just made a bunch of them but yep. we all we all here loved they're some of the best sequels that we've talked about because they are the same creative team it's the stampede guys and it's really interesting to have that Michael Gross quote and and to have him be like, oh, you guys got Jamie Kennedy? Like, great. Like, I'm going to – that changes my mind completely. Oh, well, <laughs> it's interesting too because in our episode on um, Tremor 6, one thing that we talked about a lot is that we were shocked that Bert points a gun at a man in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And you mm. have a quote from, or I think you discuss in your book how Michael Gross was particularly proud of the fact that Burt Gummer would never shoot a human being. Yeah. And so yeah. I, that that really surprised me too. And I uh, I was surprised that you had that quote in there too. Yeah, and there's also a moment in Tremors 5 when he, uh, when Burt, that were out in the, in the sort of the, the desert and Bert, I think it's a, it's an ass blaster flying through the air and he shoots it 
and it falls down and it kills somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A flaming ass blaster. And he doesn't say, he just doesn't do anything. Yeah, we we talked about that too. It's just like, what? (laughs) You just killed a dude. And it's like, if you're going to build up this, it's like any film franchise, if you're going to sort of bring the audience along with you and, and tell them this is the world that you're in. To suddenly change that really is is really jarring, and it's it's a little bit insulting. I think okay, again, it's only a film and it's only a film franchise, and they're create they're just cookie little films. But yeah, on the other hand, we we we're fans and we're invested in it, and they they've just gone and changed the almost the premise and and just the the character. So it's it's really odd. I don't I don't quite understand why they're doing that. But I think that like something that I picked up on on the the pilot of the Tremors TV show, like uh, which we can get, we'll we'll start yeah, getting let's into. Let's but but uh, Tyler, the character, uh, <laughs> says that like you could get into you know survival school or doing something like that, and then in five they take that, and I think what they do is that they they find they're like oh this is a comedy, this is this is supposed to be funny, so they they steal that idea that that was from the stampede guys and then execute it in the most cynical way possible. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like oh it's funny so like let's make him the joke and it's mm-hmm. not necessarily what that what that is. Yes, it's it's not that the idea isn't true to the series or true to the character, but they don't understand that the humor comes from the situation and the absurdity and not that yeah. these are sad losers who live in some isolated town. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, because if you just focus on them being sad losers, then why would anyone watch it? It's, yeah. Who wants to watch? <laughs> yeah, who wants to watch that? It's, it's yeah. strange. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, switching gears a little bit to the TV show because we haven't talked about it yet really on our podcast. Um, I And, uh, you know, I know you have two whole chapters in your book about the show. So um, we can talk about uh, this is a sci-fi TV show. There's 13 episodes. Um, but 2003. the 2003, yeah. But the whole production was kind of fraught with lots of disagreement between, um, the network and, and the stampede guys and the other creatives that were there. And, it, and then, uh, towards the end, they have a big dispute with the home video division of Universal, even though sci fi is part of Universal. This whole thing that leads to Michael Gross not being in the last couple of episodes. So I don't know if, can you talk about yeah. the background of the show a little bit? Yeah, well, the show came about, they'd finished doing Tremors 3 in around about 2001. And I think it was in late late 2001 that came out on, on DVD. And so at that point, they were still waiting to crunch all the numbers and work out if it had been a success. And I think that's when, Trem- when um, Sci-Fi Channel... So actually, going back a little bit, the, originally the uh, Stampede had pitched the idea of doing a TV series years before, mm-hmm. um, during Tremors 2, I think, or just after Tremors 2, or right about Tremors 2 anyway, which is what, 1996, I think that one was. Um, I should know that, but my, my, my memory's <laughs> going a little bit. But it's all right, anyway, it's so, all right. <laughs> yeah, so in the, late, in, the, in the mid-90s anyway, they tried to pitch this idea of um, Val and Errol. Um, so Kevin Bacon and, and Fred Ward going off and... and and chasing monsters around America. Mm-hmm. And so they pitched that idea, I think, to, uh, to Universal. And they had, in the book, I sort of outlined some of the plots. And it's also, I think, on the Stampede website, maybe. But anyway, the, the, it's out there what what they were planning. Um, and Bert, I think, would have made a couple of appearances. Uh, but anyway, that didn't happen, of course. So fast forward another 
um, five or six years. And uh, Sci-Fi Channel, which I think is owned by um, uh, NBC Universal, yes. came to uh, the Stampede guys and said, we want to make a TV series. And um, and because, of course, they, they, they couldn't yet make that Tremors 4, they just said, okay, let's let's go for it. Let's do that. And so, but I think quite early on, the oh, they made um, Steve Wilson and Brent Maddock producers, executive producers, mm-hmm. which, as they say in, in the book, I think it's Steve says that means they had writers because they would be the kind of head writers on it, mm-hmm. and then they started trying to bring other other writers into it. Um, in fact, bizarrely, one of the writers was someone who'd worked on the Rockford Files um, wow. <laughs> years before, uh, which is quite a different a different tone to it. And I think that's, that's, that's obviously part of the problem they ended up having was nobody knew quite how to write this TV series about people in a small town fighting, eating, you know, flesh eating worms. Uh, and so straight away, really the, the problem started with trying to find the right tone and trying to work out what the series should be about. And as Brent Maddock said, films are all about, you know, you tell a story, you, you, you know, when, when you start writing it, you know what the ending is going to be. Whereas a TV series, the idea is to sort of get everything going, get all these balls juggling, you know, juggling all these balls in the air that's going to last you five seasons. And with the, the premise they had for the TV series, it was very limited. So they were stuck in this little town with about five characters. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? How do you, how do you expand that? How do you make that play out over five years? So early on, very early on, they discovered they um they had this problem i think they said the the format was broken before they even started it and they were trying to fix it they were trying to fix it as they went along but they didn't they, d- they didn't really feel they they managed it but um i you know i think it was still a fun show and um but then the other problem was the the universal sorry sci-fi wanted to to the budgets were very low mm-hmm so they wanted to film, I think Stampede said, let's film in New Mexico. And Sci-Fi said, no, film in Mexico. And you've got very few days, like 10 days to film these mini films, uh, film each episode. And the writers were in LA and the production crew was in Mexico and they were still faxing things back then. So they were faxing. If there were changes to scenes, they would have to fax them through. Or sometimes they would be on location and they would have to phone through from LA new new lines of dialogue while they were on set. Um, and the guys in in LA didn't really know what it was like down down in Mexico or what that set looked like and what the town looked like or, because they, they rebuilt it again, of course. So there were lots of problems and, and lots of miscommunication. And um, some people liked the Stampede guys. The, some, some of the sci-fi suits liked them and others didn't. And, and and in fact, it was one of the most enjoyable chapters to write. I think just because there's so much going on in there and so much happening, it could have been um, so much longer that chapter as well. But mm-hmm. I had to keep it kind of short. So, um, yeah. so yeah, that's kind of the basics of it. I think it's it's a show that that almost the the premise just wasn't <laughs> didn't really make sense at the start. I think, and <laughs> and in fact, one of one of the, the the guys who worked on the movies, who was one of the sort of executive producers at Universal, he wanted to make it um, Burt Gummer Monster Hunter. That was his mm-hmm. original idea, mm-hmm. which is really like in Chambers Five. I think at the end, yeah, when yeah. they start doing their videos and things. So, because mm-hmm. so- his sorry. 
Oh, no, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think the idea of the original Tremor series that they had back in in 2005-ish, the idea of them going off around America, that kind of makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And they could have then found more creatures. Um, but then again, then you get away from the whole the town yeah. aspect of things. I don't know if they were ever going to be onto a winner with, with Tremors a series, but they tried. Although I will say that having, you know, kind of the order that we did it in is we did all the movies, we did five and six, and it was actually very nice and refreshing to go back to perfection and have it be Bert actually being Bert mm-hmm. and, and that El Blanco is still there and, and, and leading off from, from where that story left off because I found myself wanting to know where that went. Yeah. And and so just the weird sequencing of kind of how we did this on the podcast made it seem like a better premise to me, I <laughs> <Yeah>. guess, because <laughs> I was I was excited to to kind of see how that played out. And it could have in other seasons spun out around America. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree. But it was nice to see that picked up and see that and, and to be back with the characters as we knew them, as mm-hmm. opposed to to, you know, the Antarctic research station with no snow. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, yeah. yeah, I feel the same way. It's like, despite, you know, despite all those problems that you were talking about, like the, you know, Tyler and I only watched the first episode, yeah. but it really has the, to me that the charm that the, um, even in this like 45 minute episode, it has that charm that the, uh, five and six sequels are missing. And it's just a fun, uh, thing to see what would have come maybe after you know we we talked about uh, on our own episode Tremors Four, which is a prequel. What would have mm-hmm. been maybe like the Stampede Tremors Five? Or right. This is like Tremors mm-hmm. Three. And, 3. and I will say about the TV show <laughs> is that like every one of these sequels has been the effort to replace Kevin Bacon in terms of <laughs> yeah. like every, like it's like it's like you're up like whoever is there and I, and I feel like the TV show at least at the end of the pilot I didn't hate this guy and like I wanted to see more of of him in that role you didn't uh, hate tyler reed i did double, uh, yeah well yeah, e? the namesake helps okay and his and his <laughs> the, the art department did a good job of having the actual las vegas minor league baseball team as his hat oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> anytime that one of the characters in these movies we're talking about is named tyler i get endless joy because <laughs> he's always like a bro yeah he's always <laughs> such a bro um, but no, I, I think that, that, that I, I want to see how, how these characters played out. And it is funny that there's only ever five people in this. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, let's talk a little bit more about the pilot. And, um, like Justin said, him and Tyler only watched the first episode. And so uh, after we talk about the pilot, I'm going to see if they can guess some of the stuff that comes later in the season. So <laughs> don't get into spoilers, particularly don't tell them who the get- future guest stars are, oh, but, okay. uh, let's talk about the pilot what you guys thought about it and uh, some of these the the main cast some of the people that have been recast and whatnot yeah so we're we're you know like like tremors three we are back to perfection that's right in the modern day uh-huh. uh and we're they, they ran it through the final draft filter where it replaces just modernize <laughs> and all all pagers and beepers are turned to cell phone yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah we we open on you know an, another cool dude coming into the city uh and i hated this song at the start of the it, yeah it's a bad song 
it, I thought it was, I thought the <laughs> I thought the lyrics were so funny. The, it's like it's like the most like polite rock song. It's like I reserve the right. <laughs> Pardon me, I would please like to rock. <laughs> <laughs> we got funny. the permit for the party tonight. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna end promptly at ten. <laughs> if we get a complaint, we'll turn it down a bit. Because <laughs> I oh reserved my, my right to. Rock. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're introduced to Tyler, and he's like coming into town, taking a photo in front of. Uh, in front of the perfection uh, entry Wildlife sign. info sign. And then uh, we get, like, kind of a cool death scene for yeah. this, like, random dude out running around. We uh, we see him get, like, you know, dragged through the sand, which yeah. I thought looked really cool. There's, like, a cool, like, low-angle shot of, like, attached to him as he's being dragged. It works really, really well. Yeah. Um and we, it, there's a similar shot in the motorcycle movie Torque, uh, <laughs> which is the first time I've seen something like that, uh, and I'm embarrassed to admit that. <laughs> and uh, we get uh, El Blanco eating another car. Yeah, yeah. Grabways love cars. Pretty fun. Pretty fun. Yeah, which is, is a nice a nice throwback to the first movie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. With the yeah, exactly. The car being pulled under. Yeah. Which I thought, you know, like for for this TV series, I thought it was a pretty good effect. Like, both yeah, those, I mean, both uh, those things I didn't out. know the details of the production and knowing that it was, that it was Mexico and it was so, I, and then it kind of like, as you were talking about, it, I was like, Oh yeah, it's like, it's TV in 2003. It's like, it's not prestige. It's sci-fi. Yeah. And under all those constraints, I think this pilot looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this pilot looks very, very good given what they were working with of 10 days. Like, so they shot the pilot in 10 days or maybe a little bit longer cause it was the pilot, but they're faxing back and forth. It's remote production. It sounds nightmarish. Yeah. There's a lot of dust. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of dust. There's a lot of dust. Yeah. There's a great line in there. I'm just, um, having a look at, uh, what I, I put in the book cause it's just, there's a great line. It talks about how Bert was profiled on 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. and and this is a thing that runs through the series i think mm-hmm. is him just he's everyone thinks he's a bit crazy and he makes a comment he says made me look like i was some kind of anti-social paramilitary paranoid <laughs> yeah and you're like well yeah you know that's what you are but <laughs> but there's some great and it's, that's that's one of the great things isn't it they can they can take they just make fun out of Bert. they make fun of him but not they don't make him an, an idiot i don't think yeah they I manage think- to avoid that I think the balance with Bert is that he thinks he's the only sane person on the planet mm-hmm. and he's building the bunker because he's going to survive, but he will invite anybody who's willing to, to, to come in there there. Like he's not yeah. like, he's not angry. He's not bitter. He's like, you guys will be sorry. Like I'm prepared. Uh, but if you, if you, if you believe me, I'm more than willing to help you out. He's not <laughs> trying to like, yeah, we, we get introduced later in the episode to, uh, Dean Norris's character, oh, um, <laughs> Twitch, Twitchell, Twitchell, and like you know, the Burt Gummer in uh, Tremors Six would maybe be trying to kill that dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Burt Gummer in this one is just like, ah, oh, whatever. Like you know, yeah, he's just pressing it. Like they have, they have a friendly adversary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're just joking around with him. He's like hanging out in the market with everybody. Yeah, yeah. He really then through the rest of the season, like the character, they really find a way to all kind of like try and coexist, uh-huh. like in a weird way. Um, but it's funny cause you mentioned the, um, 
the eating of the car. Mm-hmm. There's a scene like in a later episode where there's something and they're saying, oh, graboids don't eat wood. And Dean Norris is like, are you kidding me? Wait, wood is where they draw the line? Like, they eat cars, they eat people, they eat animals, like, dirt, but not wood? Like, what, what the hell? Like, you know, it's, that's just like, he's he occasionally has, like, an audience surrogate-type line here and there. Nice. Uh, it's like, so, that, so then perfection is actually BlackRock, and they just build a bunch of wicker men to live in, and that's how Yeah, I guess so. But, um, so, yeah, we've talked a little bit already about uh, Victor Brown, who plays Tyler, so action Jack has exited. Yes. Uh, and Tyler bought the tour Vegas. business. But he, but he, does, he does get name service. He yeah. does, yeah. yes. And they never repaint the truck either. It's yeah. always his action Jack's <laughs> Graboid tour or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, this actor uh, actually, I think, is really good throughout this series. And the relationship between him and Bert really becomes like what, like a father son partners type thing uh-huh. that, like, I think kind of, um, is what the Jamie Kennedy thing could have been if it was sure. like more heartfelt and if not so Jamie weird. Kennedy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah. like, and I think it reaches like a good level of partnership. And because they have more time, you know, they have 13 or, you know, 11 or 10 hours to do it. Sure. But I think the partnership reaches a much nicer place than the partnership between Bert and Jack. Or uh, we all know I didn't like Grady, uh, Earl and Grady. Uh, I didn't like that one either. But uh, this this <laughs> one between um, Bert and Tyler becomes kind of a really nice uh, father son, but also like business partners relationship. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, I think Victor Brown is great in the series, and he's just a likable guy. Uh, unlike Jamie Kennedy's character, who <laughs> <laughs> you just he, don't like straight away. Like, why yeah. would anyone work with this guy? It's 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 weird. Yeah, yeah, and Victor Brown actually was on uh, my family's soap, One Life to Live, and he played a really like earnest cop guy that uh, everybody loved and got killed tragically. And I they always him. remembered him. Even the show was on for like twenty more years after that, and they were always like, "Oh, Drew!" Like they had his <laughs> they had his picture in the police station for years after that. I saw but. he had a lost credit as the shooter, but I didn't know. Oh. Yeah, he. When I first saw him in the pilot, I was like, he he's like a poor man's Ian Summerhalder or whatever from <laughs> yeah. Lost. So then I thought that was really funny, but. No, he's like a cool guy. And in your book, when you interview him, you talk a lot about how he still gets recognized for Tremors and how like he's showing it the TV show his kids like to watch it now and stuff. I thought that was really cute yeah. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's happy to, to still talk about it. He was really nice, really nice guy. Yeah. Um, and then Jody and Nancy have both been recasted because those <laughs> actresses were not available for whatever uh-huh. various reasons. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like we already talked about. Uh, Nancy, who was the mom from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh-huh. and that actress. And uh, in your book, you talk about how she approached the character a lot differently than um, Charlotte Stewart had before. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Charlotte Stewart was that kind of earth mother, wasn't she? The sort of hippie yeah. type character, whereas um, this Nancy, I think, is in jeans and, and a T-shirt a few times, and it's just that little bit um, cooler, I suppose, a bit more modern, a bit more city Almost city, yeah. city woman. You know? She yeah. designs. Uh, she designs action figures for Bert. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she no, goes she on to make lots of stuff for the store, graboid nice. merchandise. Nice. <laughs> Which I want to own. I want to own all that stuff. But. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Oh my god. I want the gra- yeah. We've we've often said that we need the Graboids pinball machine. Yeah, the, <laughs> the arcade 
cabinet. Yes, we'd love to play that. Uh, okay, so let me see if you guys can guess what happens later in the series. So you some know, of these things oh, are real. Can I, can yeah. I just say, just, yeah. just briefly, uh, I thought it was great having um, Michael... Um, Robert Jane back as Melvin. Yeah, it was yeah, good to see Melvin come back. Yeah, just when you thought so, he was done, just a shout out for him. He's still there. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was yeah. reading again on the Stampede website. Some people are like, "Why did you recast Melvin?" And they're like, "What? We didn't. He just changed his stage name. Like, it's obviously the same <laughs> and, guy." And, <laughs> and one of the lines that Marsha has where he's just, she's just like, "Yeah, like how many." how many other like tacky tracked homes and strip malls do we need is something I very much felt growing up in Las Vegas at this time. Cause that's all it is in Nevada is just like this just paved over nonsense. So that kind of like that anti suburban crawl thing yeah. was something I was like, yeah, yeah. like I, th- I thought it was fun too. We're having, you know, we're having Jonathan uh, Melville on the podcast today. And there's a line towards the end of the episode where Bert is like, Oh yeah, well before you know we're gonna be living in downtown Melville, USA. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh I know my God. that's very it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. That's another weird thing. Oh, I thought yeah. that was so funny. I mean obviously that was before you were writing the book and everything. <laughs> yeah. That was a nice Melville little uh, coincidence. Yeah. Okay, so I have some things and most of them are real, but there's one fake one in each bunch. So okay. try to figure out which one is fake. All right, here we go. Oh, okay, right. so which of these things uh, does not happen in a future episode? Okay. Um, Bert and Tyler team up with a minor league baseball team to use Civil War era rifles to shoot off a, uh, a, a group of shriekers. I want that to be true so bad. Uh, or, or we have uh, Melvin tries to build a lagoon with a, with a fountain show similar to Disney's World of Color in my mind. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um Bert starts online dating, and it turns out that the woman he's been talking to is actually Nancy the whole time. Oh, or my God. Wait, the town. That... Oh, you're doing. Two... I'm reading you four, and four? one okay, is okay. fake. Okay, and or the town is overrun by activists protesting for graboid rights. Oh, do we have to come to a unanimous? I think we have to discuss, and we have oh, to we have to lock just in try answer. to yeah, yeah, yeah guess which one's fake. Lock in our answer here. I want to say that I feel like the, I feel like that the baseball team and civil rights. If Elis was smart, that's just catnip for me, and she thinks <laughs> I'm going to go straight for that one. I mean, that's crazy that you <laughs> yeah. called out the minor league team thing, <laughs> but maybe they put that in there because there was going to be that episode maybe. later. Maybe. They, I was upset when they changed the team name. The team name used to be the Stars, and then they changed the 51s. And the logo is like a gray alien, but their actual mascot is just like a gray Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> That's some fun Las Vegas baseball talk. <laughs> okay, come on. Do I have to sing the Jeopardy song? Let's get uh, to I, I'm going to vote for the online dating one. Uh, I feel like that's probably a plot point, but I, I'll lock in with you. Okay. You guys got it right. Yeah! <laughs> it's too early for online dating. That's what I thought. I was well, like, okay. no, they're not online dating Jonathan, yet. do you want to tell them the real uh, definition of why I chose that one? Yeah, well, no, you're absolutely right. But they did plan for series. Had there been a season two, that would have been one of the plot lines. Yeah. Oh. So it was almost true. Yeah, but all the other ones were real. That's so. amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> all right, so... I guess uh, we need to watch that episode yeah. with the Civil, ri- the yeah. Civil War rifles. Civil War rifles, yeah. Uh, so later on in the series, they discover that there's been a secret underground lab with government experiments uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, beneath the Is mountains. Desmond in there? 
<laughs> I wish Desmond was in there. Um, and so eventually they reveal the fact that there's this compound called Mixmaster that allows DNA from different species to bind together. It's still down there. DJ Mixmaster. And so various creatures come up and the residents have to fight these various creatures. Okay. So which one of these is fake okay. and which of them are real? Oh, no. So is there a carnivorous swarm of bugs? Okay. Is there chameleon snakes that multiply when you chop them in half? Okay. Is that there... They get two powers? <laughs> yeah. Is there plants that... Uh, explode out burning acid that melts your skin off? Oh, God. Or is there a ghost-like cloud of gas that sucks life out of you until you're mummified? Or sucks the hydration and the life out of you until you're a mummy? That sounds cheap, so I think that's... I I was going to say, what sounds like the most expensive thing, and then that's not I think think it's the chameleon snakes sounds... The chameleon snakes sounds... Sounds expensive. Sounds tough, yeah. Damn, I'm not good at this. I was right. <laughs> That's there, why I was like, they can't have two. There really is. There, well, I mean, the the carnivorous bugs were like they had the powers of maggots, cicadas, and termites. Oh. Oh, um, yeah, because someone wanted a biblical plague. Because that's. Oh. Yeah. Making the chameleon snakes would have been hard. Yeah. I, think. I was just trying to think of another weird yeah. mashup. But uh, yeah, there actually was a cloud of gas that everybody thought was a ghost that would just suck the hydration out of you. Oh <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh. All right. And finally, guest stars. Okay. So which one of these was not a guest star in the upcoming episode? Was it Richard Real, the uh, jump to conclusions Matt guy from Office Space? Uh-huh. Is it Michael Rooker, Yondu? Yeah. Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown. Uh, Melinda Clark, Julie Cooper from the OC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Harney, the guard from Orange is the New Black, the fatter white guy. Mm-hmm. Or Vivica A. Fox. Wait, are we guessing who is on it or who is not on it? Which one of these was not on it? Oh, which one of these was not? Oh, man. This is hard because this show has some pedigree. I mean, there's a lot of people that were in a lot of things that are that are... Good. I have to say that I have seen the I have seen on the Wikipedia one of those people. Oh, okay. So I won't say one of them. <laughs> but the other uh, ones I, I have no like, idea. I feel like Vivica A. Fox is probably a good guess. That'd probably be my guess too. Yeah. It's a trick question. They were all on it. Ah! <laughs> Damn. Okay. I was like, I had seen Christopher Lloyd was in, in one. Okay, of but which which three do you think get eaten or killed by graboids? Or Michael sugar? Rooker definitely gets killed. Michael Rooker gets eaten <laughs> yeah. by El Blanco. Yeah. Um, Christopher Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd survives. Dang it. Uh, and he is amazing. <laughs> He's in multiple episodes. He is so good. I don't know. Jonathan, do you have any insight as to how the heck they got Christopher Lloyd to do this? Uh, no, I couldn't get an interview with Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. But um, no, I think. I mean, according to Mike, uh, to Tony Gennaro, people really wanted to be in this series because. It was Tremors, and, and it was just so well-known um, in the industry. So I think they must have just gone to his agent, and he said yes. So it's not a very exciting story, but um, That's awesome. yeah, he, he was brilliant in it, though. He's so good. And he, he's Doc Brown-esque, but he's not, like, the same as Doc Brown either. Uh-huh. Like, he definitely <laughs> plays it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, the funny part was that he was kind of like a Lothario a little bit. He's, like, hitting on Nancy and Rosalita, like, you know, that <laughs> oh, which Doc Brown never really did anything like that. So that was <laughs> funny. Um, 
But yeah, and there's, there's also people. some really sad stuff in there, isn't there? In, in one of the episodes that he's in, there's a, um, I won't spoil it, but there's some, he, he, they play some really sad things to do with one of his, uh, what would you call it? His, um, uh, experiments, I suppose. Creatures, yeah. Yeah, it's worth, worth, well worth watching. Uh huh. Sweet. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, that was all the, uh, ones that I had. I did want to say, though, that, um, Leela Lee, who plays, um, Jody, uh, she actually has a company and she designed like my favorite purse from high school and I brought it with me because she has this brand called uh, Angry Asian Girls. Mm-hmm. And I bought this purse like years ago, like 20 <laughs> years ago, and I still have it. It's a little Asian angry girl that looks like me setting a generic white boy on fire in a campfire. <laughs> and it says, Love is friendship set on fire. It's like one of my favorite purses Whoa. of all time. Uh, we, we won't go into why, but you know. <laughs> that that list of people who appear in the ep- those episodes is incredible. And it I is. Think it kind of get, it comes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of like the background people in perfection are not background people. It's the character actors really giving the full range of being characters. And I think that that's, as much as Tremors being a big deal, I think that there's there's a magnet for that type of actor. And, like, the fact that Michael Rooker was on the show is not surprising to me at all. Yep. Christopher <laughs> Lloyd, like, mm-hmm. it kind of has the, it's this weird niche that that gives a spotlight to, to these lovable weirdos that are, every time, my favorite characters in movies. And these movies just happen to be full of them. It's just every character. Yeah. And just going on with a couple of the themes from the show later on that I just want to mention, like, I thought it was really nice how there's some episodes where they kind of, like, actually deal with the aftermath of the fact that people keep dying due to these creatures. Uh Like, they actually, um, of all things, the the ass blaster that uh, Nancy and Mindy sold to Sigmund and Ray, (laughs) that one escapes and comes back and kills people. (laughs) And Nancy actually deals with feelings of like this is my fault like I sold this thing and now it's out and loose killing people and this is you know like she actually has to deal with that which is interesting Uh, it actually deals a lot with the economy of perfection and how it ebbs and flows and if people don't come to the town like they can't live they can't stay there like they they have to run these businesses um, which is really interesting Um, and uh, later on there's this dude um Larry, who comes to take Bert's tour and then ends up moving to the town. And he's actually, he's like a fanboy, you know, he's really funny. <laughs> and I think he also had a lot of like good elements that they sort of use in the Jamie Kennedy character, but like in a nicer, more earnest way. Right, Whereas this right. guy started out as annoying, but actually was really, then became really charming and like heartfelt as he built a relationship with people in the town. Um, and then also another really thing, my favorite thing was they actually did a long extended sequence parodying the Forrest Gump feather, like flying through the air. Like, yeah. it's what? like spores from that exploding plant. Like they destroy all of them. And then at the end of the episode, you see there's like one spore still flying through the air. And you're like, That's oh hilarious. no, they missed one. And it's like floating and it falls on the ground. And then Bert just steps on it. And he's like, not today or something like that. You know, like and he, he gets the last one. But I was like, are they really doing? like the scene from Forrest Gump That's right incredible. now. It was so funny. That's but yeah, awesome. I don't know, Jonathan, what did you think about how the rest of the show uh, went on from there and how it kind of reflects on the rest of the series? Yeah, I, I enjoy most of the episodes for, for various reasons. You know, I think, I don't think there's any of them that I, I, I hate or dislike. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is really strong. Although I was being talking about the kind of negatives earlier about what the, the creators were saying about what it was mm-hmm. like working on it. As a viewer, 
it's it's a fun show, mm-hmm. and um, and I think it is a shame that uh, it was shown out of order. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. idea is sci- sci-fi just decided to show it in its own order, and if they'd done it in the right order, uh, I think they were trying to do something quite clever by in the first episode having the graboid, and in the second episode I think was the shrieker. Mm-hmm. Was it that? I think it was the shriekers in the second episode. Yeah. The third episode would have been the ass blasters. So you're kind of introducing to new viewers uh, these creatures that have been in the franchise. And for old viewers, for, for fans, you're kind of just reminding them that this is the same Tremors that you you love, but also we're giving you some new stuff. So I think they were, I think, but then of course that went out the window because Sci-Fi Channel decided to show them all in a crazy order. And, and I think Cletus, who is Christopher Lloyd's character, I think his introductory episode actually comes after his second episode if i remember rightly so yeah it was all messed then, up yeah yeah so then they have to do this really awkward thing of reintroduce of of filming another introduction for him and make it making it a flashback oh it's all just strange so yeah. but there, so there are some problems there but but like with the films and the best of the films those characters uh, work really well together and then it was interesting as well how they set up the rosalita character and her what was happening with her and and her as Miguel's niece, I think she was. And yeah. Kind of, there was a mysterious background going on there, and so yeah, I gotta say, I found that character to be really inconsistent, though. Like some episodes, she'd be like smart and streetwise, and other episodes, she would just be like so dumb and useless <laughs> and screaming. And there's one, and you talk about it in your book, how it's an infamous scene where she hides from the shriekers by jumping in a water tank, and when she comes out, she's wearing a tiny white crop top with no bra and she's basically naked for like oh five God. minutes while she's <laughs> yeah. trying to tell everybody in the market what happened and you could see everything like yeah. everything I, I was like how did they even show this on tv oh I, yeah but i don't think that the like i can't i just can't see ss wilson like doing that all on his own but after speaking to him about for treatment whatever of women. reason that is the first image that shows up on imdb yeah look it up yeah <laughs> <laughs> So. Which I think she felt a bit. I think she felt a bit uncomfortable about that at the time. Yeah, we, of course, who wouldn't? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is it. She wasn't just. Yeah, she as an actress, she she did feel a little bit. Um, what's the word? How do you say it nicely? It's exploited. You know. It's exploited. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, but, what, yeah. yeah. But I think that that, that kind of gets through a little bit of the sci-fi meddling, a little bit of, mm-hmm. of it's you get all these ideas and I, and I, I think the Stampede guys, you know, really have earnest love for these characters. And when you see them in five and six, they, they take these same ideas and it's it's they're straight lifts. It's highway robbery. Like they take the, the ideas mm-hmm. from the show, take them and then they, they're almost like this dark universe version of them. Where, like they're the most <laughs> cynical, like just yeah. just. They just suck all of the levity and good intentions out of them. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of, again, and we talked to to uh, um, the director about this as well, where it's just it when it gets away from from these small people, small town people, small town character actors, everyone kind of like the the strong individualism that comes from these these movies and it kind of gets put through something else, it's something lost. Like I think to make a Tremors movie, it's like it's like protecting something incredibly precious even though that there's there's loud stuff happening and there's action movie things like the core of it is is something that is lighthearted and honest and fun and 
kind of like a, a, a community that that's hard to get away from when you're just bringing all the elements like that doesn't make a the tremors movie isn't grab graboids or or perfection it's it's the sum of the total parts when they hang together correctly yeah yeah well, absolutely that's that's the perfect way of putting it yeah it's yeah just like we've been saying the last last hour or so it's um mm-hmm. it's just a shame that they moved away from that i think i've probably said that a shame and, and it's crazy but i said that a few times now but it's it's true it's but you know you go onto facebook and, and go onto the um, which is, of course, the, the best place to go for, for wise and sensible comments about anything. <laughs> but, you, but you go on, there's an official Facebook page, and people still love them. They love mm-hmm. the new ones. And, and I, can't, I can't quite work it out myself, but I think it's partly, I guess, because people love the character, mm-hmm. and they do want more Tremors, and people do. do. Um, Steve Wilson said at one point, uh, that Universal, I think the marketing team said to him way many years ago, we could put an, an empty box on the shelf and put Tremors on it and people would buy it. Yep. Um, yeah. And I think I did speak to someone in, in Universal Marketing recently and Tremors and Child's Play films are their most biggest uh, money, earner, money earners. So, Yeah, so uh, I mean, you know, with, with the the last movie just came out last year, right? Yeah. Uh, and with the, you know, fandom still being there, like, w- I'm curious what you think maybe happened with the new Tremors pilot that was coming with Kevin Bacon. Like, what were mm. your thoughts? Did you, did you watch the, you know, little trailer they put out for that? Like, what, what yeah, did you think of uh, the tone of that? Or Yeah, I, somebody, um, I did see something. I've not seen the full episode, but I have read a few things from the script um from that pilot episode and i think what bothered me again just being this kind of <laughs> this purest tremors fan <laughs> was what they were doing with the uh the, the language and some of the the kind of sexual references that they were adding into it quite a lot of you know quite a lot um and it just didn't feel like again proper like real original classic tremors uh i i liked i think the trailer was actually quite good uh, and i did like what they were doing with with the music and um it's of course it's great to see kevin bacon back in that role again but knowing a little bit more about the rest of that episode um i think it would have jarred quite a lot with people certainly um again fans who've been there since 1990 might have been like oh what 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 is this and i think mm. it's maybe just something to do with the fact maybe just modern television maybe you just maybe you just can't do that anymore maybe you can't be maybe you have to go for that adult audience which is what they're doing they're going for the adult audience mm-hmm. uh, but to me adult doesn't mean sex references you know it just means well written drama right Certainly. slash comedy comedy drama you know um you don't have to to do that but so um but i so yeah i don't know but i did tweet andrew miller who wrote that episode and wrote maybe maybe all the episodes i'm I'm not sure Mm -hmm. um because i'd heard that fred ward was going to be coming back for the series and he did say he did say that his his plan was to have errol back for the second series if he'd got his own way so you know in many many ways i think okay maybe it wasn't quite what i wanted but maybe Maybe it would have found its feet. Maybe they would have, yeah. they would have, you know, the audience would have fed back what they wanted, and maybe by second series bringing Errol back would have been proper tremors again. I don't know. It's, yeah. It'll be, but it's, and I don't understand why they cancelled it. It's very unclear. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's really saying why that happened. 
Well, with all that being said, if uh, Universal puts out a Tremor 7, are you going to watch it? <laughs> Would yes. you watch a Tremor 7? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, exactly. It's like, you, you got to see what happens. you got to watch it, yeah. I, although I've only watched Tremors 6 once. Uh, yeah. Maybe twice. Oh, yeah. Maybe once in a little bit. And some other bit. I think some of it is just to remind myself to say, did that really happen? Was yeah. really like that? Yeah. And, and right. by Tremors 6, the, the, the town is just one shop, isn't it? It's just, yeah. it's just the store. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. Um, where can people follow your work and what if, what's, up, what's up next for you? I think the easiest place is probably just on, on Twitter. So I'm just on uh, at John Melville, J-O-N underscore Melville, M-E, as in the, the series mentioned, of course, Melville, M-E-L-V-I-L-E. <laughs> and um, and on, on Facebook, I think there's a page which is forward slash Jonathan Melville. I think I just set up a, a, I did set up a, an author's page recently because I'm now working on, um, on a book on Highlander, on the first Highlander movie. Oh, fantastic. Which nice. I've been, yeah, which has been good fun. I've been working on that for, well, on and off, off and on even for a couple of years now. Um, so again, I've got around about 50 interviews with people, but just from the first film this time. Um, so hopefully that'll come out in 2019. That's the, oh, wow. that's the whole, there's, there's been revelings yeah. about us doing Highlander on this podcast. Yeah. So we might be talking to you again. We soon. might have to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> well, feel free. Please, please get in touch. Uh, I was just uh, a few last weekend. I was up back up in the Highlands speaking to somebody who was an extra on the original Highlander film. And who uh, who took lots of photos on set? So oh, wow. I've got lots of, lots of behind the scene photos that no one's ever seen before. Should should be quite cool. Oh man, I can't wait for that book. That's uh, awesome. Well, yeah. So that's gonna wrap up our Tremors TV talk, but that's not gonna wrap up the Tremors series because I don't think anything can. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time from Perfection. Uh, Elis, where can people get in touch with us? Yeah, uh, please email us suggestions for future franchises other than Highlander uh, at sequelrights <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah, we're going to do it. Uh, so sequelrights at gmail.com is our email. And then you can catch us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at sequelrights. And uh, if you missed our previous Tremors episodes, go back, you know, sequelrights.com. You can, you can hear them. Uh, Jonathan, too, I was wondering if, if people want to, um, you know, check out your book, Seeking Perfection, uh, The Unofficial Guide to Tremors. Is there um, – I know you can pick it up on Amazon. Is there a place you'd prefer people to, uh, you know, track it down? No, that's the best place. That's right. the best place, really. Yeah. Just have awesome. a look on there. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's up there for any of you listeners who want to check it out. Great. Absolutely. Great fun. Great read. Um, and Tyler, where can people uh, oh, yeah. give please, us them ratings? Please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Next week. And I mean, we can say what we're doing. We know what we're doing. Uh, we, did, we did a spooky movie for Halloween. And you know what's up next is all the Christmas times. It's already Christmas at Starbucks, you guys. <laughs> that means Christmas is now. So we're going to be talking about a uh, seminal Christmas series, Home Alone. Which I also think is a Thanksgiving series. Oh, totally. So, like, totally. so yeah, I think Thanksgiving, that it's, I think, Christmas, I think, it's, I think it's safe. But yeah. <laughs> and how many Home Alones are there? Because I was shocked by this. I'm uh, pretty sure there's five. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought there was three. <laughs> wow. So that's, uh, yeah, that's what we have coming up, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be... I'll be listening. 
thank you so much. Yeah, well, we just have our eyes forward to the Highlander at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah thank you so much. Yeah, for thank being you so here. much for being on. This was fantastic. And uh, I guess we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Save that